We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a professional development publisher serving as the global leader in combining both research and practice in all materials. Find timely PD publications to support yourself and your faculty by visiting them online at us.johncatbookshop.com. Great instruction gets students engaged. TeachFX equips teachers with the instructional strategies and job-embedded feedback they need to get students engaged in virtual or in-person classes. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have today Angela Mahoney, who is currently a principal at Eastland Elementary School, which is part of a small rural district in the northwest corner of Illinois. Before education, she spent many years in the private sector, and as an educator, she taught kindergarten, fourth, sixth, seventh grades before getting her degree in administration. And you may remember the name Mahoney. We interviewed her husband a few weeks ago, Tom Mahoney, and that was episode 369. Man. All right. And here we are already on episode 380. So Angela, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle. I'm excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me on. I think the place we want to start out is that your school opened in August when many schools around the country did not open. So can you talk to us a little bit about the challenges and what you've gone through as you've been open while most other people have been closed? Sure. We are one of the only schools in our area that have, that started full-time. So not only did we open in August and other schools in our area did, but we opened as usual. So we did offer remote learning with maybe 
10 to 15% of our population taking that option. Otherwise, we started school as usual. So we had to make a lot of adjustments because of the stipulations of, you know, 50 kids in, in one area, you know, so when you're feeding 300 students, there's a lot to do with that. Desks needing to be six feet apart, wearing the masks. We really had to go through and make sure that we made all of those accommodations while we were going to be here full days. So school starts at 7.40, ends at 3.10. And we've had everybody here since the middle of August. And so far, so good. We've learned a lot. Again, like I said, we've had to make so many changes, um, problem solve every day. Something comes up every day that we have to accommodate for. But so far, so good. We're doing well. Yeah, I, I think that that is really a testament to the culture that you've built in your school of people being able to trust you and trust the work that you're doing and trust that you're making the right choice for them. So let's start by talking about that culture. How do you establish that healthy culture, especially now when like things are changing every day and we know teachers don't like change to begin with? So <laughs> how did you make that culture so strong to begin with? So I think when I started... I, this is my fifth year. So when I started, um, my first year as a principal was here. And my my biggest thing, I think that the biggest building block to a school is the culture. I feel like if you don't have it, or if you have it and you lose it, it's really hard to get back. You know, it's one of those things you feel when you walk into a building, you can just tell when you walk in what it's like. And I really worked hard at that, seeing what the staff needed, just supporting them through whatever they needed. We've always been really good at coming up with like kind of a theme of what we wanted, having our own mission in this building with our own teachers, you know, what is it that we stand for? What do we want our kids to learn? How do we want to feel? And we've really tried to work on that every single year. So every year we have some sort of like theme, like it's the power of yet, or we're all in and, you know, we do book studies in that and do a lot as a staff. So because that's been my biggest focus over the past four years this year, I feel like we we already were together. We already supported each other, but it was going to be much harder. You know, teachers, it's hard to change, but the hardest thing is the lack of control. And we have no control this year. So we had to really look back and say, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But what can we take control of? You know, after things settle down and the dust settled, what are the little things we can actually have within our control to help this year go smoothly? So I did find some things that we could control, you know, like, say we go remote tomorrow. Now we know we we know what we're going to do because like, maybe we won't go remote remote tomorrow, but we just want to make sure that we have a plan in place because that's something we can control. And it's just a lot of support. It's vulnerability. You know, I'm vulnerable with the staff as well, you know, saying, hey, I I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we're going to get through this. And one of the things I really had to do this year is kind of take a bird's eye view of the staff and really start to look out and see, you know, who's doing okay, who's not doing okay. What behaviors am I noticing that maybe we need to reach out to that staff member to see if they're okay and who's doing great. And if they're doing great, how are they doing it? You know, what can they share with the rest of the staff? So it's been four years in the making and we've had our struggles this year. Like I said, it's just so many things happen at the last minute and it's how we answer to that problem. So kind of just building it from four years ago. And we put in some things right now to try to help with like their balance and their well-being and things like that. Yeah, I'd like to get to the the balance and the well-being in just a moment. But I want to go back to something that you said that you you glossed over like it wasn't a big deal. But I think it is a really big deal. And that is the idea that you need to have your own vision for your school that is just yours. We always have to support the district vision and, and buy into that idea as well. 
But we really, because we're managing a, a team in a school, we really need to have a vision for just us that is about just us and not about everybody else. And so can you talk a little bit more about that idea of having that that vision for just your school and what that looks like? You talked about like having some themes for the years and different things like that, but how else do you ensure that you're clear about what your vision is for the school without only focusing on the district vision? Right. So this year, I think, was a pretty big year for that. So we've had our themes in the past and I started with a book study. It was the coffee bean. It was about not, you know, not getting hardened to your team, to the things that are happening. And so we've really tried to pull that through, but things have just been so crazy and so many changes. And I sat down with the leadership team a couple of weeks ago and I said, you know what? I'm lost. I'm feeling like lost. You know, there's too many things un- with, you know, that are not within our control we can't have the same goals we've always had. We can't set discipline goals. We can't necessarily set academic goals because we just don't know where things are. So I need something. And I know we have, a, I said, I know we have a district vision, but I need something for us. And what ended up coming out of that discussion was a positive affirmation that we wrote as a team for the students and for the staff. And that now we read every morning on announcements because I said, let's circle the wagons here because it's us. and we can control this. So we started the positive affirmation. The students read it every morning and it's just about, I can connect with anyone. I can learn anywhere. I can learn in different ways. I will connect to people that are going to help me be the best person I can be because it's very easy right now to get sidetracked or live in a certain problem. We like to live in the problem. It's very easy to do that. So we felt like with the positive affirmation, it won't allow us to live in the problem as much. And now we have one thing that's just ours that's in every classroom that we read every morning. So that was the big one this year. And they all agreed that that helped us take a little control back because that's the thing that we don't have is control and we want control. So that really did help this year. Yeah, that's a great story and a great strategy for, again, focusing on the things that you can control. Very nicely done. So let's talk about the balance and how do you make sure that you and your staff have balance? Well, that's a good question because I don't know that we always have it. And I did read something. It's not necessarily even about balance. It's just about being as healthy as you can. And if that means one day you're working long hours, but you're doing something the next day, just trying to do something to alleviate some of the stress. And we do offer a lot. So what I write a newsletter every Friday, and there are a lot of times where I'm offering, uh, here's an article on this, or listen to this podcast, or go home and try this. I just started a Facebook group for the staff about exercising. It's a simple thing, but it's a community for us to motivate each other and push each other along. And they love that. We have a teacher who offers yoga to the staff on Tuesdays. We have our counselor who's teaching yoga to the kids during PE, and we've got all of those things. We used to hang out as a staff, and this is kind of funny. I called it staff development, and in years previous, once a month, we would just go do something, whether we like went and painted signs or we went out to dinner, and I always thought, you know, no matter how we were feeling during the day or how we were getting along, those were just fun everybody just had fun and spouses would come and we can't do that right now. So right now we're in the process of saying, okay, well, how can we do that? Because we need to be connected.
John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose professional learning platform doubles student engagement online or in person. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. I created a new podcast with my friend Frederick Lane called Cybertraps. We are exploring the myriad risks and adverse consequences that can arise from the use and misuse of digital devices and electronic communication tools. Please subscribe to the Cybertraps podcast, and if you like it, please give us a rating. Here's an excerpt from an interview with Eric Stevens on the value of identity and being ethical in our work with underserved populations. If I approach my research with the intention of helping a group of people but I am using the data that they themselves have created and have been replicated by their, their own personal identity, replicated over and over and over and over. My research is already flawed ethically. Some people, that's not a big thing. For me, it was problematic because I didn't want to feel like I was exploiting people, but I still wanted to help. What I ended up creating was I wanted to understand the prison system at the language level across time um, and across space in the United States. Um, Basically, I wanted to understand if we send a person to prison, we're sending them to a correctional facility um, with correctional officers, and we give them handbooks to say, hey, this is what you should be doing. What I wanted to answer was at the language level with the technical documents that we hand to um, an inmate, what are we correcting them to? To what standard are we asking them to be at the language level? Check out more from this interview at cybertraps.com slash seven. we know that we're lacking some of that. We're trying to come up with a way to stay connected as a staff. We, like I said, I provide resources. I do, I buy them books and then we check in with each other. I make sure that they've all got a professional learning network that is not necessarily us because sometimes you need to rely on outside people and get out of your own environment to get, you know, to get some positive feedback. Because like I said, we can start to get we can start to live in the problems here. So I have my own learning networks that are outside of my school and so do they. So I just try to push all of those things and again, take that bird's eye view for myself as a leader here saying, you know, you seem to be squirreling away a little bit. Are you okay? Or I notice your door's always closed. Is there anything I can do for you? Or this person seems to be 
like I said, handling it really, really well, thriving. I had staff members who were thriving when we went remote. So then leaning on those people. So we also look for um, everyone's strengths. So you seem to be doing well at this. Can you share that with the staff? Or you've got a great idea on how to do announcements because the kids can't come in my office anymore. So why don't you share that? So it's just a lot of little things that I continually try to weave through the year and the days and bring back into focus. It's a lot, but it's worth it. <laughs> I, I think it definitely is. Can you talk a little bit more about those conversations when people aren't thriving? Because I think that's what a lot of principals are struggling with right now that that I've heard that they feel like their teachers are working too much and they don't know how to help them. So what advice would you give to a principal who's in that situation, sees his or her teachers you know, struggling, closing their door, not being um, as open as they have been in the past? How, how do you have that conversation? And then what are some suggestions you can give when the response may be, you know, I'm burned out and I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the end of the year? Right. I've actually had a couple of those conversations this year. It's really just going in and being vulnerable and just being honest and saying, hey, this is tough. This is a tough time and maybe you don't, how are you handling this? Is there something I can do? Having that conversation of maybe you don't realize that maybe you think this isn't affecting you, but here are all the ways it could be affecting you. So one of the conversations I've had in the past was our school feels normal because we're here all day, but there is a pandemic out there. So we have to remember, is this something that is really affecting you personally? Or if it is, let's talk about that. And sometimes just bringing to light that, yeah, you know what, this is affecting me. And this is adding a lot of stress. It's just good to have that open conversation. And then, okay, what can I do? How can we get you through this? Who can we have you lean on? Maybe it's a coworker who just needs to give you a little extra support or what, you know, what can we do for you to help you get through this? And that it's okay. I think the biggest thing is just saying, there's no judgment here. This is tough. So we're going to get through this together and I can provide you resources. What is it that getting to the bottom of what is it that we can do? And like I said, sometimes it's just recognizing that, you know what? Yeah, I didn't realize this is really affecting me because we feel like we're normal here all day, but it's, it's not normal. Right. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not. So in those conversations that you've had with teachers who are thinking they're not going to make it until the end of the year, how much emphasis are you putting on just do it. We can make it together. And how much are you valuing that person's own right to make decisions for their life and saying, you know, I understand that that's how you feel and let me help you get to that point. And maybe not specifically people in your school, but, you know, hypothetically, so you're not sharing anybody's story that we wouldn't want to, but how do you manage that balance? Because there is a balance there. Uh, When somebody's saying, I can't make it, I can't keep going. And on the one hand, you know, you want them to stay because you love them and care about them. And you don't want to have to hire another teacher in the middle of a pandemic. But then also you have to recognize that maybe some people can't handle it and the choice would be better for them to leave. How do you balance those, those types of situations is what I'm asking. I think that you have to honor however they're feeling. So we're going to have those teachers who we can help them get through by recognizing that they are really going through something and we are really going through something here. And we can come up with 
a plan, take some things off of the plate and take it hour by hour, day by day. I think if someone comes and says, you know what, I really cannot do this. I think we have to honor that because it is not worth their mental health. It's not worth a decline in their physical health if this is just something that you can't do. Because when you're in this position, we have kids. Those are, they're our goal. You know, we're here for them. And that's a lot to take on during this time. They have a lot of needs and we have to support those needs. And that's just the bottom line. It is. So us supporting each other, it's what's going to help them. But I do think that we have to honor how they're feeling regardless. And I've said to the staff, I'm like, there is no judgment from me. There, there isn't. There can't be. Because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if someone's going to have an exposure to someone else and then we're going to have to make changes. I, I don't know. And I can't judge you for that because we, it's out of our control. So I don't know if that's answering your question, but I just think that we have to take each case independently because everyone's different try to really understand what, is there an underlying issue that we can help solve? If there's not, again, we just have to honor how they're feeling and and they have to do what's best for them. Yeah. And I want to take that conversation a little bit further and ask you what you've learned about supporting, take care of your staff that, that drove that point home during the pandemic or made you see things differently during the pandemic. And I'll give you a second to think about that by sharing something that I learned. One of the things when it first happened in March and we all started working from home was that we missed that daily connection and the idle chit chat that you have with people as you are interacting with them. And what we saw in our school was that um, we became much more business-like, much more focused on the agenda and the tasks at hand. And we didn't take that time to just have a conversation about nothing. And to me, that is one thing that I learned that those conversations about nothing are a lot of how relationships are built and how the culture is built and how that was a big empty spot once the pandemic hit. And so I worked to start having those empty conversations, which were extremely difficult with some staff and we're very easy with other staff. So what are some things that you've learned about your leadership and culture since the pandemic started that you, going forward, whatever it looks like in the future, you're going to make sure that those are priorities? You said those empty conversations are missing because they are, and I miss them, and I miss the laughter in the hallways, and I miss the laughter in the teacher's lounge because... We have an upstairs and you could hear it. And I have a, a first grade and kindergarten hallway on the other side of me. And every time I hear would hear something going on, it would just make me laugh. I'm like, oh, they're up to something down there. I don't know what it is, but they're happy. So that's good. And that really did disappear. And I had a conversation with a teacher the other day because we, if our doors are closed, we can have our masks off. And we were discussing about how hard that is because you really do close yourself off. and we aren't connected. And so we're going to have to find a way to connect virtually. I still hear the conversations. I have supervision set up in the building in a way that there are multiple teachers at doors that are, you know, socially distancing, taking temperatures. And so the summit, there is an opportunity for some of that. And one of the neatest things that happens, we couldn't have lunch together in the lounge. So we have like this beautiful courtyard. Well, all of a sudden now the courtyard was being used when the weather was nice. And so I would see teachers who don't normally eat together 
would be sitting out there together or we had to use our art room for lunch and we would have other teachers or staff members who didn't normally sit together in there. So I did still get to see some of it, but I do think that's part of the culture too. If you do enough work on the underlying culture, they're going to find ways to do that. My biggest thing when we get through this is that, you know, we get that time away together again because it was so important. They start playing practical jokes on each other again because that was just fun. And they're still doing those things. But um, I don't know. It, you're right. It's just, it's so important. And when when we met with the leadership team to come up with this positive affirmation, we just said, basically, we just want everybody happy. We just want the kids to be happy. We want to have some fun again. So we're going to have to find a way to have some fun again. Um, and it was nice that we recognized it, I think, before it's too late. So I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like, but we recognize it. We know it. We want it back. We'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. And that is key. We will find a way. That's great. So in closing, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you, Angela? What's one thing they can do this week? I really think focusing on what you can control and moving forward. At this time in the year for the schools that have started, it's time that we can slow down and really be mindful and take notice of what's going on and try to get out of the chaos of everything and try to help our staff move forward with that. It's time to not focus on our problems and the things that we can't control and just, you know, every day, what can we do? How can we move forward? How can we make this the best situation for our students? And how can we best support our staff? So if you could do one thing to support the staff this week. I just bring in food all the time because, you know, around here, that's what we decide. You know what? Let's just eat. You can't be upset and eat at the same time. So you can do one thing just to support the staff that take that gives a little bit of control back. I think that that's a good step. Excellent. Well, Angela, thank you again for being part of Transformative Principle. This has been a great conversation and I appreciate all the work that you're doing. And thank you for being here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. School principals across the country are using TeachFX's virtual PD and job-embedded feedback to boost student engagement during COVID. With TeachFX, teachers get eight times more feedback and generate 144% more student engagement on average in a school year with no additional work for school leaders or teachers. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash principle. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. 
But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.